Intentional Queens, welcome back to Intentional Queen Podcast with your girl, Janine, as your host, where women come to be empowered, to peel back those layers, and yo, it is April, and so we are definitely springing into self-care. That is going to be our theme for the whole month of April. Go back and listen to my first episode was about intentional resilience and choosing yourself, because I think sometimes we don't do that more, and you got to make sure that you are filling your own cup so you can be that for others, okay? Okay. If your cup is empty, how can you pour out into your family, your children, your work environment? If you're not your best self, then you are not showing up in the world as you could be. So I got my friend Latorsha Pete coming through for the next two episodes that's going to close us out for April. And this series is going to be called Intentional Self-Care. She is a friend. She's a fellow podcaster. She's a certified life coach. She is also a fitness coach. She does so much. And I want you guys to definitely stay tuned for the end of this episode and come back in two weeks because she is definitely helping us to peel back those layers that is stopping us from progressing into our self-care. Because with her doing a lot of fitness which is where she started, she realized that women were not dealing with their other layers that was blocking them from their fitness goals. So she digs in, gives us strategies. She's definitely going to be digging in and giving us so much. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my friend Latorsha Peak, And I just want y'all to love on her like I am and take some notes. So get your pen and paper ready. Okay. Also, I want you guys to slide over to Instagram at Intentional Queen Journey. Snapshot y'all listening to this episode. So we can go ahead and show more support and make the reach go further. Shoot over to Apple Podcasts, drop us some stars and just stay engaged in the movement because I am just so blessed from the way women are definitely being leveled up when it comes to the Intentional Queen podcast. Remember, this is a community. I am feeding off of you just like you're feeding off of me. I definitely believe in that verse from the Bible that says iron sharpens iron. So please believe that I'm back here celebrating with you. But you guys, I be taking notes too. So let's just elevate each other. So let's jump into this episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the Intentional Queen Journey Podcast with your host Janine. I am so excited. I have a good friend. Uh, She's a nurse as well. She's a podcaster. She's everything to me. So she's one of the main reasons why I got a podcast myself. So she's joining us and her name is Latorsha Peak. She's an RN, an MSN. Uh, She has uh, fitness life coach. She's doing all types of stuff. So we're going to have her joining us. We're going to be talking about self-care and how to uh, manage being a busy mom and all the different things that you can do to try to balance having your busy lifestyle while also being a mom. So first and foremost, Latorsha, I want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Yes. Good morning. I, I always say good morning, good morning. So I just have to have to say it. I'm so excited that you invited me here. I love what you're doing on Intentional Queen podcast. It is so good. And I'm just, I'm feeling blessed to even to be here and to reach out to your audience. And I'm, I'm look forward to sharing some information with them that they can move forward on their journey to restoration. Wow. Well, let me give you a little backdrop about me and Latorsha. I've been a nurse for about 20 years and we used to work together. She's no longer in the tri-state area. She's down south. And uh, we were nurses together back critical care PACU at one of the hospitals. And we were together for a long time. Uh, then she left and went down south and I went into anesthesia school and things just kind of transitioned that way. But it was just a sisterhood when we had um 
what, probably about three or four different nurses that were part of the sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And man, those were the good times doing critical care, PACU. And once we did all that and then moved on to new journeys and everybody kind of went on and got advanced degrees as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, I think Michelle went on and a few other people went on and we Mm -hmm. all got advanced degrees doing different type of stuff. Yes. And then I was sitting at work and I was thinking I wanted to do something more with women outreach and more with women um, empowerment. And I met one of our other PACU friends and they were like, you know, Latorsha Peek has a podcast. You should reach out to her. And the next thing you know, we linked up and then the Intentional Queen podcast was born and the rest is history. So I wanted her to come through because she definitely has a story that can help us with trying to create a work-life balance and choosing ourselves because sometimes I feel like as a nurse we don't do that so Latorsha first things first I just want to ask you what made you become a fitness life coach tell us more um it really it's it's kind of weird how it initially happened it's kind of like I kind of give a little back story exercise I've exercised off and on throughout my life but I was not a lover of exercise. It was like, you know, when you're young, you like exercise for what, you know, <laughs> like I'm cute already. Yes. But as you know, you get older and life goes on and you just start um, exercising. And I had joined a gym and I realized how good it made me feel. I was going to the fitness classes and, you know, I love how it was making my body um, look, but the way it made me feel and how it relieved stress. And it was just like um, a free mind space. I want to help other people do this. I want to help other women do this. So I actually became a group um, certified fitness instructor and I was teaching some classes and I was like, oh, this is good. This is good. But I feel like I still need to do more, you know, Mm -hmm. so being a nurse and I have, you know, more information to share about health. I was like, you know, health coach. So I became a certified health coach. And that's where I started doing my one-on-one coaching. And my thing was, you know, to help people lose weight, get fit, feel fabulous. That's kind of where my business started. Well, that kind of shifted because I was working with women to lose weight and develop a fitness um, routine. But there were so many layers that we were always working through. It was not just, okay, you need to go to gym to work out. It was always, I don't have time. I don't know what to do. I'm going through this situation. I got this going on. So that's when I started seeing all these layers. And I was like, oh, no. And I'll say the Lord said, it. you know, it's like, uh -uh, I got more work for you to do. (laughs) Yes. yes. And that's where I really just started looking at self-care as the whole person and what the whole person needed. And I even talked about it um, on social that is I realized it was so much bigger than a number on the scale. I mean, it was so much bigger than that. And that also shined through um, some of my own personal health things that I'd gone through. And um, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, but that's really how I got to this journey. It's like women needed not just uh, exercise cheerleader or somebody to cheer them on or tell them what they do. They needed support in so many different areas of life, whether it was mental, whether it was like, hey, sis, you need to go get your blood pressure checked. You need to check your blood sugar or how you eat, you know, how your mind feel and things like that before they could ever even get the energy or the mindset to go to the gym. And, you know, I think that's where my purpose is. And that's how I got here. 
Wow. I think that's awesome because being a busy mom myself and me and you both being back in our PACU days, working out was not one of our things. We had that cute long hair. Wasn't nobody trying to work out. We're like, we don't even want to swim and get our hair wet. And so now look at us both now, uh, naturalistas working out. Mm -hmm. We did do a podcast episode um, where I joined on your uh, podcast as a guest and we dug into self-care and my workout journey, but now it's time for you to tell the Intentional Queens more about your workout journey and your health situations that made it important to you because people don't see you right now because we're on the podcast, but you are thin and you are fit and you pretty Mm -hmm. much have been thin and, and fit looking our whole career and so sometimes people I think misconceive that just because you're smaller size that on the inside that everything is totally healthy so tell us a little bit about your health concerns that really made it important for you to choose self-care first what really I think was kind of my wake-up call I remember going to the doctor and she would check my blood pressure and it was elevated I cannot remember what that first um, number set was, but you know, back, even though I was a nurse, I heard what she was saying, but I was like, she tripping like this, this ain't right. You know, and I gave these excuses. I was like, you know, it's, I'm under a little stress here and there, you know, and it was some traffic out today and just, you know, I got a young child and you know, all the things, right. Because I'm like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, I can't hear you. So of course, being a nurse, they were like, well, just, you know, they give you that little um, document chart and they right. were like, go check it, write it down, bring it back in. And so I went for follow-up and, you know, it was still elevated. I'm like, hmm. eventually I kept checking it and I was like, okay, all right. You know, these numbers, I remember like the top number being like 170s and the bottom number being 100s. And that is really, you should be, you know, way lower than that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to own it and say, you know what? you are smart. You, this is what you do. You got to take your own advice and you need some help. And that's when I had the the conversation with my healthcare provider and I'll just have to go in there and add, make sure when you're having those conversations that you have somebody that's really listening to you. Because I remember that first time where I was like, oh no. And I kind of, you know, shook it off and they listened, you know, they were like, well, you a nurse, you know, whatever. Sometimes we got to sit on the other side of that thing and really take to heart what we're uh, being told and um, be accepting to that. So I took medication for probably a year, one to two years. I can't remember exactly, but what I also realized is that I was very stressed. Um, Just, you know, life was happening employment things, financial things, having a child, wife, and just really, I'll be honest, I I felt like I was on the verge of losing my mind. (laughs) I can agree with that. I've been there, understood. And and so even though I was exercising, that was my outlet during that time frame. So I was like free, you know, and I I talk about running saved me because Mm. during that time I was actually running half marathons, you know, I was exercising. So it wasn't just about the exercise piece of it. I needed to do some stress management, you know, really control my anxiety and also look at to how I was eating. Let me tell you, um, if you see how I cook now and how I eat, it is so different. I mean, like there's a McDonald's on the corner of 
where I live. And I'm not saying that they cause any issues for, <laughs> that's my disclaimer, but I'm just giving an example. Um, but fast food, it was nothing to stop. I was like, let me just grab something here real quick, or let me just grab something over there. And even though it might not have been a lot of food, it was just what I was eating. And, and then also my family history. And just really, I learned really more about um, as Black women or Black people that we're more predisposed to things like high blood pressure, because how our body reacts with sodium is actually not the same where it impacts us much higher. And then stress also impacts that causing a more acute type response as well. So that is kind of how I got there. And I just had to work. I had to do the work. I couldn't just say, okay, let me just take this medicine and just hope for the best because I'd probably still be on medicine and I'd probably be on the next level of, of medication. So so that's kind of my story. And I know that I'm not the only one like that. And that's why I just really felt like I needed to start sharing that with people and helping other people prioritize their own self-care. You know, it, it's hard and I'm still a work in progress, but I just think having these conversations like this opens it up for other people to want to chime in and share and also see what they can apply to their own life. Wow, that's awesome. When I was pregnant, my son is four going to be five, but I had TIA pregnancy induced hypertension. And so my blood pressure was pretty high. And then uh, for the listeners, if your pregnancy induced hypertension goes further, you can get preeclampsic and eclampsia. And then that turns into bleeding problems and potentially putting your baby at risk. So part of the reason why I had PIH was from stress, also not taking care of myself, but I also was pregnant. So they really had to put me on bed rest to try to do that but some of it was my diet and the lack of exercise while pregnant. And so what I learned too, for my own blood pressure, because sometimes when I would go, I would be like, that number is not right. I don't know what you're talking about. So then I had to go get me a little side, little blood pressure cuff where you hit the pneumatic thing and it pop up at home. And I had to do the little record too. And uh, after I gave birth, it was still a little bit high and I had to make some own life style changes for me. So in the household, I didn't do a lot of the cooking, but the choices that we were eating weren't very, what was the thing? They weren't very calorie friendly. We were eating late at night. And so you put the weight on, you're eating more salt and we're predisposed as uh, women of color, as you already said. So I think it already set me up for uh, more issues. I had started to reevaluate uh, my health and fitness. Like I told you on your podcast, I love the jump rope. I got myself a trainer. Um, I got my blood pressure under control. Now I'm the queen of the air fryer. I'm at my job. They like, girl, what you got today? I was like, oh, I got an egg white frittata with a little bit of a uh, vegetable. Come on. Uh, yes. Listen, you know what I mean? I'm trying different things. I do my salmon in there. Shout out my best friend for putting me onto that air fryer it was a game changer um, in the house. So you can make some tasty meals. Uh, I like to use that cauliflower rice. And you had some other girl on the show too. Shout out to Miss Tia, um, one of her episodes, you put her on. So my episode was right towards the beginning of the new year. And her episode was your closing out of 2020. And so I was listening to that episode and she was dropping some key wisdom nuggets on how to food prep, how to get up a little bit earlier because she's a busy mom too. So it had me start thinking about, okay, well, Janine, you need to make, uh, food prep on Sunday, make your food not bland, but make things sim uh, similar with your seasoning so you could use it for different meals throughout the week. So 
I was listening. So your podcast, Intentional Queens, you got to go out and check out Ice Coffee and Self Care with Latorsha Peak. So that is the name of her podcast. And she has some definitely good episodes to listen to in reference to getting your self care. And she always has her little her little motto called start each morning doing something for your own self care. And so I really feel like that's so important because self care has so many layers. And it's not just about the workout. It's about the fitness, but it's also about stress management. With us being in healthcare, you heard us both just admit on record that sometimes we don't even want to be here with the doctors say neither. <laughs> <laughs> right. and we don't want to believe it. And so um, the goal is just making sure that you're doing baby steps to move forward in the right directions. So I stopped putting a lot of season salt on things and started going with more sea salt or trying some different things. Uh, Tia did also say change up the flavors like with garlic or this and that to try to uh, change the habit. Caffeine's one of my big things, but um, I love it. And you got to have some things, right? If I can just add one thing in, I, I think we forget sometimes that we don't have to give everything up. Like to, you can make a small change and just try, you know, the thing that I know, you know, generational and the family, everybody wants salt in the food. It's mm. like, come on, they make a whole, you go down the seasoning aisle, they got a whole aisle of stuff that you can use in your food, but all you got is some salt. Like, come on, let's, let's do better. You know, it's like season salt, pepper, garlic powder, all your powders. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, and, and I'm not just saying that as, you know, like I've been this person my whole life. I had to learn, learn this. Like now I have a whole seasoning, um, two drawers full of seasonings. I have a seasoning rack. So we're just trying all these things and I don't use salt. I mean, I haven't used salt in years. I mean, it's just like, oh, okay. I'm willing to try something different. So I'm hoping that this is going to encourage um, your listeners to try something different. You know, if you like a little garlic, go try you some garlic. You and don't be afraid to try something different. That's the thing. That's how we break this generational thing where we just keep doing what the last person did. And nothing's wrong with, you know, I like to say big mama them, you know, nothing wrong with what they did at all, but they use what they had. They didn't have necessarily the financial access or just the knowledge access. We have those things. And I know some people are like, well, I don't have the money for all this stuff. Just go see how much it costs. Let's just go walk down the aisle because I, look, Janine, if I can be honest, Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, go ahead. Now you can always be know, honest with us here. Well, because I know you have a lot of, um, you know, women of color, black women listeners, and they be looking cute, right? Mm-hmm. They hair be laid or, you know, natural twist, whatever it is they got. And last time I went to the salon, it, it, it's not cheap. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. It is not cheap. Or nails are just like, boom. I mean, nails look good. That's and my guilty pleasure, y'all. That's my guilty pleasure, though. I like a good manicure. Yes. That's my self-care moment, but that's yes. all right. And and that's okay to treat yourself that way. But let's go ahead and treat your insides with a little extra something, too. So if you've got to pay, you know, a couple of dollars for a little extra seasoning or whatever, go, girl, go treat yourself. Treat your insides. Come on. <laughs> Listen you won't be looking cute later (laughs) or be alive later. Let's be real. If -hmm. you don't tend to them insides, that's so much seriousness there. Right. You know, um, with the red dress, uh, with the American heart association, Mm -hmm. like with women, we, we have the silent heart attacks, you know, starting off with indigestion. We think, Oh, it's just a little heartburn. It's a little something we're dying from heart attacks and stuff. And most of that comes from like stress, not necessarily just the diet. So I feel Mm -hmm. like just having you on here and stressing the importance of balance 
and helping people to make small milestones because like I said, I'm in my current episode on the podcast called Speak Yes to Yes, Your Elevated Self. But one thing that the uh, guest said, Bonilla Swain, is practice makes permanent. So if you Mm -hmm. continue to practice these baby steps and milestones of changing your diet or just one thing at a time, taking salt out of one of your favorite meals. I think Tia even said that, like start off with baby things and take it away and see if you like it. So you can then continue to do more. And the next thing you know, it's a learned behavior. Like you said, you haven't really had to use salt in years in your house, but I'm sure it probably didn't start out that way. Y'all had to try some different things, right? See if it works. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, it's just going. So that's been the same thing here for me. My blood pressure is great. My, my health is better, but I was one of those women with the hair. And so I had to embrace my natural journey. And now I'm a curly girl and it makes it easier to work out where I'm not so stressed what my hair is going to look like because being in the professional setting, you Mm -hmm. know, you don't want your hair looking a hot mess when you got to go to work the next day. And so it can sometimes be a barrier of wanting to work out or not wanting to sweat and do big cardio because you know, you're going to sweat that hair out. You're trying to do a cute workout, but you need a real one, you know? So I think that's awesome what you're saying. There was a couple more episodes I wanted to get into. Um, one of them was quit fixing your habits and being raggedy. So talk to me about that one, girl, because I got a couple things I want to talk about, but I want you to tell me what you meant by that title and what were you really discussing in that episode, if you remember. And, you know, so I'll be honest, some of these episodes, I'll be talking about myself, you know, and I'm just sharing the word with y'all. <laughs> Touche. That's why this podcast is called Journey to Restoration. I'm out here trying to get my life. Yes. Yes. So I, you know, I was just thinking one day and my podcast, you know, I, I try to schedule ahead a little bit, but they're not far in advance. You know, something may just come to my mind or my spirit. And I was like, you know, why am I out here trying to fix things and people that don't want to be fixed? So I'm out here running myself into the ground, trying to go fix something or trying to help somebody else through a situation, they didn't ask me for help. They're not in danger, but I'm out here running myself raggedy <laughs> to help them. And they just live in a good life. Like, and that one of the examples I think I gave is like, you're giving all of this advice, you're giving all of this energy, but they're going to do what they want to do anyway. They're not even trying to hear what you said. And also sometimes we hurt people by telling them what to do. Because we took away their ability to make their decision based on all the facts. Because, you know, sometimes they don't give you all the facts. Come they on now. They tell you what they want, want you, you to know. know. <laughs> you know, especially when you get into that he said, she said stuff. Uh-huh. So first of all, you got some blinders on. You can't even see everything. And you like worried about them and worried about their situation. And so that's kind of where that came from. It was like, we got to quit trying to be a fixer in every situation. And I know for me. That comes from being a helper, that comes from being a nurse, that comes from health coaching. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know what, you need to back up. They're not asking you for help. You know, they, they're doing just fine. They're not drowning or anything. You know, and I use that analogy about drowning. Sometimes we jumping in to save people that need to learn how to float. You know, their head's above water. But we just we just jumping in off the jump. We didn't even give them a chance to try to see if they could make it on their own. So we need to look at those things. But and and just stop being raggedy. That was the word that just came to me. I'm like, just just stop it. You know, I think it made me think back two things. One, me and my brother did a soar episode, S-O-A-R, with with birds and eagles and flying and stuff. But he also talked about the butterfly in the cocoon. So for Journey of Restoration, I I always talk about their stages to a butterfly, but one of them is the cocoon. 
And my brother brought up a little tip that I didn't know was that the reason why the cocoon is there, the, the butterfly is trying to strengthen its wings. And if we open the cocoon too soon, then their wings will not be strong enough for them to fly. So that means doing stuff too premature. So when you started, um, when I was listening to the episode first, and then you talking about it now, I thought about that cocoon thing. Sometimes we enable so much from our background of being nurses right we want to help you we see you we see you out there drowning we like we can't let you go you know and we don't allow them that strength that they need or that um strength training i'll call it that strength training they need in order to make their wings strong enough for them to fly out there and do whatever it is well you're right sometimes people only tell you what they want you to know they don't give you that full story and then you up there making decisions or um giving them tips without knowing the full facts and details. Uh, I think it's hard, like I said, as a nurse, that was one thing I had to learn because I was taking on other people's stress. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you are helping people and you're doing it all from a positive place, but what you do is you start um, taking on their energy and then you become stressed with their situation. It's not even your situation. Next thing you know, your blood pressure high because you you think about them and try to help them. And so sometimes you got to learn how to um, create healthy boundaries. Me and you talked about that on our episode that you had with me. And we also talked about dusting our shoulders off and mm-hmm. dust, right? And you was funny. You said, girl, I'm gonna shake this whole shirt because I gotta get yeah. this dust off. And what I was saying about that was that Sometimes we try to help people that don't want to be helped or they don't want help from you or they just not ready to accept anything that's going on. And here we are forcing our help on them uh, or saving them, as you said, from drowning. And next thing you know, you offended because they don't want your help or they they might take you down because you know what I did hear. Somebody said this to me the other day. Sometimes it's better for um, lifeguards when somebody's out and they're panicking and they got to go bring them in from the deep water. They prefer the the um, drowning victim to be like kind of subdued and not very anxious and stuff because they can end up drowning the lifeguard at the mm-hmm. same time while trying to be saved. So it's better when you do it peacefully trying to save somebody than you trying to do them when they're all anxious. So my point that I was saying there is you got to be careful sometimes when you're saving people because you might take yourself down too. And you didn't even ask them, do they want your help? And then you offended uh, because they don't want your help or they don't need your help um, or they go to somebody else. Yeah. And it's just realizing that you put the help where it needs to be. So it's going to always be a crowd um, that wants your help and don't be more concerned about people who don't want your help. You know what I mean? Like with our podcast, our podcast might not be for every woman. We want it to be for every woman, but if it's not for you, we appreciate that. But we are speaking to the women that need this message for right now, you know, and, uh, that's what we focus on when we bring our episodes every week for you and every two weeks for me. I wanted to read this because this is something that I saw somebody post online and I've actually just been sitting with it. And I talk about it on one of my, um, podcast episodes, but it, I have not read the book, so I don't really know what the intent of it is, but just the, the line itself that I'm going to read has just stood out so much to me. And then when I was listening to you talk, I was like, oh, I got to say this because somebody, I feel like somebody listening may need to hear this. And it's a quote from Octavia Butler's book. Mm -hmm. And it says, drowning people sometimes die fighting their rescuers. 
Mm, that's so good. Listen, I'm giving y'all two snaps to the podcast. I said I was at work and somebody said that to me and I was just like, that's good. I'm gonna have to bring that in because we're so used to wanting to save people, which you might end up going down. You got to be careful. Um, you want to help people, but you also don't want to enable them. You want to give them the tools. That's the key thing that I'm learning. You want to give people the tools or toolbox um, and you tell them which tool they need to use for what thing. Because when you got a toolkit, you got plenty of tools in there, but you can't be trying to use a wrench on the wrong thing when you need the screwdriver or a hammer when you need something else. So the whole thing is you want people to identify their tools, but know how to use them when they need to. And I feel like when we talked about the Eagle Soaring series, that's when we talked about eagles and how the moms do their uh, their eaglets and about making them fly and how they make the nests uncomfortable because it's like they're showing them the toolkit and the toolbox and they're saying, I'm present to help you, but I want you to learn how to do it yourself. Yes, that's a word for a parent right there. Look, I, look, we trying to do everything for these kids. And Janine remembers I told a story about my son before Go he ahead started. and tell it. Tell it. Before him. he um, started walking, you know, he didn't walk until after he was one, shortly after he turned one. And one of the things that the pediatrician had talked to me about, she was like, well, what, you know, when you're with him, what does he do? What does his day kind of look like? So I was using, you know, the swing a lot of times, but the pack and play. So I would give him the pack and play. I would sit him in there. I would put the snacks in there. I would put the drink in there. I would put his little games. I would turn, you know, the cartoon network on or whatever. And she was like, he don't have any reason to move. Like <laughs> you tee him up because that's what we do. We want you prepared. Everything. Yeah. And so she taught me that sometimes you have to make people go get it. In, in order for them to survive, you know, life happens. You're going to have to get through these things. You're going to have to figure some things out. And me just handing everything to him was not helping, was not helping him at all. So that was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Okay, I see. I see. <laughs> Listen, I'm learning that now. Like I said, my son four, I had to start saying, okay, we're going to have to slack off of doing certain things and he can start helping me out or not giving him everything. He can go get his own snack. So like in the mornings, if he doesn't have a uh, preschool, I'll sit out his banana with his paper towel, his cup will be in the refrigerator with his yogurt. And I'll be like, go downstairs, just bring up your banana, bring up your yogurt. And he'll go get all his stuff. He'll do it himself. And he feels so good knowing that he's doing it on his own. But normally I'll get up, I'll go down, I'll open it up, I'll go get the stuff. He can do it himself. And so that just makes me know that it's okay now to not one treat him like a baby because he's a toddler getting ready to be in uh kindergarten this upcoming year mm -hmm. but also knowing that I don't want to enable him to the point that he won't know how to use his tools in his toolbox you know like the goal is for them to know how to utilize what they need when it's time while I'm still around versus trying to figure life out after because that's when I find that when people don't know how to navigate life after they're um, grown, that's where the issues start to come into. Yeah, I was talking to a family member once um, that was always doing something for the kids, like everything. And I finally said, do you realize you're going to leave this earth one of these days? Like we're all going to go. Mm -hmm. So if you do all these things, how are they supposed to get through life when you're gone? Basically, you just set them up for failure because it's the moment you gone, poof. Yes, they, they don't, don't know, know what, to do. what to do. So, you know, it's, it's hard. I, my son will be 14 this year and, you know, he's going to be 18 in four years. And I'll give this one quick example. He was downstairs trying to cook something and everything in me wanted to go just cook it. 
And I was like, son, if you can't figure it out, then you don't get to eat. I mean, because that's what that's what it's going to be like, Janine. If you can't figure it out, Listen. you're not going to eat. So I got to set him up now for he so he can eat later. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I need you to eat later, but I'm in the house. We're going to figure it out, but I'm not cooking it. I'm not cooking mm-hmm. it. That's how my mom was. It's food down there. Y'all go ahead and figure it out. <laughs> Okay, it's that something down there for you. you can, so we learn how to make steakums real good, mm-hmm. eggs, you know, ooze and ooze. And she's like, I don't care, eat cereal. Like, don't call me yeah. if it's not time for dinner. Okay, yes. so I think that's awesome. And I think sometimes people, I'm only speaking of how I was raised. People used to judge how um, me and my siblings were raised because they used to think that my parents were very strict and they, they wanted the best for us. And I totally agree with how they did it. But when your friends don't have that type of upbringing, it was very hard because our parents, like I said, they weren't, uh-uh, uh-uh. You, you learn how to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and when it came to finances, you're going to give us half, um, a third of your money and put it up for savings. This is like when I'm 14, 15. Oh, you want a vehicle? Okay, well, let's see how much my old car is. Because she had a Honda for me and a Spectrum for my brother and um my middle brother had an accuracy she was like let me look at blue kelly blue book and see how much it's worth and y'all gonna pay me for the value but we're gonna space it out like payments per month and you go pay me for the vehicle yeah. and we like what like my friends getting cars she was like i don't care what they do over there but here that's a that's a lesson though right there janine and i think about Look, I, I I see with the layers of self-care, I just see it everywhere. I see it everywhere. And we already talked about stress and what it does to your body. One of another big stress is financial stress, because mm-hmm. like you said, a lot of kids were not taught any type of financial pieces, how to manage their money, how to save money. You know, everything was either just given to them or, you know, maybe they saw their parents struggle or whatever, but they were not taught how to manage money. So now as an adult, they're stressed out financially because they're working all the jobs trying to figure out how to pay for all of these things. So listen, it it is all related. It's all related. Oh, listen, to you me, so. Go ahead now. That's that's so <laughs> good. Like the financial yes. piece, people don't know that that's that's like one of the biggest stressors. And I think that's a big stressor in marriages, too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, because um, people are so stressed in the marriage, like you said, or in the relationship, because if the money's looking funny or the money's not coming in right, that will definitely put some strain on relationships. Yeah, so you got two people that don't know how to manage money now yeah. together trying to manage a household and you know you could be eating right and exercising but that stress from that financial piece because you ain't been taught how to manage manage your money it it all comes together so now you got high blood pressure and all these problems going on and it's yes. back to money and you thinking you need to change how you eat but actually you need to do look at them other layers that's going on in there. So listen, See? you said that you said that on your podcast and I love it. And I use it now. You got to peel back them layers. There's so mm-hmm. many layers to different things and everybody doesn't have the same barriers or issues on each layer, but you need to identify where yours are and kind of like work on them. You know what I mean? Not everybody has a financial thing. They might have the diet thing and the not working out thing, but you have to kind of reevaluate yourself, look within and figure out what, what's your layers and 
and what you got to do to heal up and, and get that together. That's part of the reason why you're here on Intentional Queen, showing us how we can do more balance. So now we're going to get into what you do for your day to day. So can you give us some more key strategies? If you could give me five key strategies for the busy mom uh, that is career. Um, some of the Intentional Queens aren't parents, but they're still busy and they're trying to figure out how to balance their life and while still having self-care. Give us like five tips that we can do. It could be fitness, food, because you do a little bit of both. Okay. One of the things I think that we really need to look at is what can you do? So that concludes part one of the Intentional Self-Care Series with my girl, Latorsha. She talked about so much, as I said, that self-care becomes the whole person. It's layers that affecting our fitness journey. She used this one quote that I think you guys need to write down and catch that again. Drowning people sometimes die because they're fighting their rescuers. That was by a person she said, Octavia Butler. I took notes on that. And also, I want you guys to understand that. Don't let people bust out of their cocoon too early. You know, my logo is a butterfly and I want people to understand that in that cocoon phase, that is where you're being strengthened to fly out there. So you know that you will fly good, right? You'll have enough strength to do it. So give people the tools within their toolbox and show them how to use the right one. So that's something that I definitely believe. And I use that in my motherhood tactics. And also with me being an educator, I try to give my students that same perspective. So utilize that in your life. Come back in two weeks and listen to the second part where she's going to really dig into those strategies that we need to continue to level us up in our self-care department. Hashtag spring into self-care. Hashtag self-care is sexy. I want you to go over to Instagram, as I said, Go ahead and follow and like us. We are recruiting intentional queens over here. And I also want you guys to go over to Apple Podcasts, give us some rates, some reviews, because I want to make sure that other queens know that you guys are loving it just as much as the ones that's definitely been down from day one. I appreciate everyone along the way, the new and the old. So just continue to stay with us and build this community together. See you guys in two weeks. God bless. Mm-hmm.